Howdy memes! Welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. We are live and it is Wednesday. Hello everyone. Uh, nice to see you here on Meeple Syrup. Erica, how are you? I'm good. Jesse, how are you? I'm fantastic. You are fantastic. And it is Whoa Wednesdays. We've started something new on the Shop Talk page. If you aren't there yet, uh, go to Shop Talk and link up there. It is where we discuss not necessarily the show, but stuff about the industry with more general things where people can actually get updates that these things are happening. Pages and groups are, are kind of different. So this is our group, uh, Maple Syrup Shop Talk. And we started World Wednesdays on there because while the Shop Talk page is really not about promoting your, your goods, people do have some successes to talk about. So uh, for example, Mike Mihalsik answered all of his emails. Some, but not all. Yes. Some, but not all. Uh, Scott Rogers. <laughs> hey, that's <their> accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott Rogers uh, has an Origins nomination for Pantone the Game, which is awesome, on a TV show pilot about board gaming. It'll be demoing, demoing Pantone there. Rachel Blasky uh, is the owner of a board game publishing company, which is awesome. She yeah, we should hear more about that one. Yeah, maybe we'll have her on to talk at some point. Uh, Josh Dirksen uh, finally submitted work on the Dragon Ball Z board game that he's done uh, through Lynn Vander Games, which I played a couple months ago, and that's cool. Uh, Jesse Fernandez is writing about his 20th manuscript for his science fiction show, so lots of good stuff happening. Um, uh, Matt Paquette wants you to know, Erica, that he did some work on Boss today, which is great. Yay! Yay. And I get and a poster if I found out. I get one of these right. cool pre-ordering posters yeah. from Ben. Yay! That's awesome. Um, and uh, Jesse and I and Helena have something pretty cool to say. We are, we are just shy of a million dollar campaign. So Kingdom Rush is doing hey. well. Yes. In Canadian money, you beat a million dollars. Canadian money, yep. we are far, far surprised. Yeah, but, but that was news like last week. Yeah, I know, but he was still like in some currency. You're already at a million. Yay! Yay! In pesos, you're at a million like a month ago. I don't even know how much that's worth anymore. Okay, so, um, yeah. so that's kind of what we're gonna do on, on Wednesdays. We'll start off with all the celebrations. If people post them on the shop talk page. We'll talk about your stuff, which is awesome. Uh, Matt Paquette is saying he doesn't think he'll even get one of the posters. I so. just read that. I'm going to make Ben send you one. Okay, good. Um, and, and on that note from Floodgates, it's uh, we're just going to say goodbye to Gate. She's leaving Floodgate, but she'll land somewhere in the game gameosphere, so we'll see her around, I'm sure. And on that note, yeah, let's get started on the crux of the show, and today's show is all about area control. So we've gone over whoa Wednesdays and oops, I forgot the crawler. So the next crawler will come, area control. Um, and Jesse wanted to start off with a little bit about semantics. Oh, I was not ready of... to start off here. But okay, yeah, let's go. I thought we were gonna work our way into how what people argue about. <laughs> well, um, I mean, let's let's argue about arguing about that. Yeah. Yeah, so right. so maybe maybe a more fun way to start might be uh, if we all just like go through or just even mention our top three area control games okay cool uh, seems like a yeah, better way to ease in i have i have some fun lists i've also collected that i can share to see people yeah, agree with some of this because i was i will also say if you were a reviewer out there 
put up a top 10 list about area control because it's been a while. Yeah, wait, <laughs> I is it 2017? I did a research. There are a ton from 2017, a ton, and I mean a ton, a couple from 2018, but like not like current 2018, like just sort of happened more like a while ago and not a lot at all from 2019. I was like, I want current stuff. Nope, nobody's made their top lists. Nope, Root is not a top 10 area control game according to lists on BGG. And I think yeah, so I was I was like, where's Root? I wonder, I wonder because of some of the semantic differentiation that we'll talk about in a couple seconds, so. Maybe. Yeah, all right, so, um, so Sen, what's your, what, what are three area control games that, that you really like? Three area control games that I really like. Do I have to have not designed them? Uh, they just be any three <laughs> area can control games that you really like. You can plug oh. your own game, but you know I'm going to plug one of them. Yeah, you'll probably plug two of them. Um, the other one that you and I designed together. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> so silly. Um, so I, I think for area control, I, I, uh, you know, I really actually quite like uh, The Godfather uh, New Dawn, which is not the Eric Lang game. It's the Sen Fung Lim and Jay Cormier game, oh, yeah, which came up, yeah. came up before. It came up before the yeah, Eric Lang uh, game. It was close. Uh, that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a dice-based, dice-driven, um, make a offer you can't refuse type of game. And it's it's really my, one of my favorites because you can play with six players in about 45 minutes, a really actually solid area control game where it matters what areas you actually control. Um, and so that to me was uh, one that I really enjoyed making, um, not just because of the dice and because of the theme, but because it solidly, it really honed in on area control, let's do that thing, and that's what we're doing. And that's why it takes 45 minutes, not like several hours, because there's the interaction between players is all about getting dice, but the area control is just very much distilled to that one thing, which is, I think, actually kind of cool. Um, so that's one that I really liked. Um, Jesse, what's your number one? Number one? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, um, sorry, now people are talking on Facebook to us. I have to close Facebook. <laughs> um, Stop talk. We'll come back to it. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, I think my number one is, yeah, I mean, I'll just, like, Cora. I think, mostly just because, not, not because it's, like, my all-time favorite area control game. If I sat down and said, oh, let's play area control, I'm probably not going to say, let's play Cora. But um, I just think that we did something really cool in it by using area control mechanisms to represent attacking and blocking in a head-to-head -head combat game. So what you do in Korra is you throw elements at each other and the board's broken up into spaces and you've got figures running around. And when you throw elements into a space, you just put a pile of tokens in there. And your opponent can respond by putting tokens in the space to protect themselves. And at the end of their turn, if you control the area that their figures are in, their figures get hit, and if you have enough control, you'll throw them off the arena and eliminate them. Um, it's not like area control in a classic sense, but I think it's a really cool use of the concept of like um, battling for control of spaces by accumulating stuff in it. Uh, and so I really like that one. Another one though, since I have other stuff on my shelf, uh, is actually Vegas Dice. Vegas, the dice game. Um, yes, cool. I have yeah. a, I, I, I made, my mom stole that game from me. She loved it so much. <laughs> that was one. Cause I, I knew she would, I knew she'd like dice, but I was like, this is one of those games that just like, if you're already, especially if 
anyone who likes Yahtzee, his parents or something like Yahtzee, take that game to play. I promise you they'll love it. Yep. I, I own it because this is my gateway tool. Yeah. It's a great one. Yep. I love how both of you picked your own game. Can I just say that? <laughs> oh, on a side note, though, did you see the hydraulic uh, crazy board for Cora that was made where it actually raised the I'm so guys? Jealous. You should be. Guys, it's, it was so, it was beautiful. It, you should <laughs> it be was envious. so cool. You should be envious. I watched it. And it's sitting on my table. They you gave it to you? Yeah, Lisa gave it to me. It was a what? present for me. You need yeah. to videotape no. this thing. I, I will. I just haven't had time, but I will. Because it's awesome. It is legit missed awesome. Missed opportunity. Okay. No, guys. Anyone out there, imagine imagine you design a game and you have super fans that trick out a board to the point where there is actual a little water pump to raise and lower a platform to get the cool. real core experience. That's crazy. It's awesome. It's amazing. Awesome. It was no, amazing. That's, that's yeah. now my new favorite thing. Um, Daryl uh, has has flagged El Grande as his number one true classic area control. Yes. Yeah, so El Grande that was on a couple lists. That was two. on a couple lists. Yeah. Would be my number two. Um, that one I would have talked about. Yeah. But thanks a lot, Daryl. Um, but yeah, so number two uh, would be that. But Erica, what's your number one? I don't have a number one. I suck at these things. I'm trying to think of like what I've played recently. Like, you know what? One surprised me I liked. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so it's funny because I was going through some of these lists. I'm like, oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, Godfather New Dawn did come up in one of the lists then. And shout out to Daryl. There was Walled City at least twice. Yeah, that was my number three. That was my number three. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I was realizing the one I actually had fun with recently because sometimes I'm just like, I, I like exactly like you said with the New Dawn. Like sometimes you think area control you think an hour plus, and maybe we'll get mm -hmm. into that too when we talk a little bit about semantics. So then my mind went to actually uh, Ethnos. And when I was thinking too, it was cause like, you know what? I rem I actually enjoyed that because it was pretty straightforward. Like it wasn't very long. You could play more than one game in a row. I'm not gonna say it's my favorite, but I'll definitely say I'd probably play it more than a lot of other ones. Yeah, and it's it's relatively quick. Um, Palomori, I, I like the, I like the quickness of it. Yeah. 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 I don't know why it so, didn't do very well, but I think it could have been the type of game coming out because that was that was Simon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a come on game. I have a feeling because it was just before they started doing their change of like their branding change. I wonder if this got caught in the middle of well, it's not you know a super heavy minis game. And that's yeah. kind of what they were doing at the time. It was a way of trying to tone that back, but I think it was just before they got noticed for toning it back. Hmm. Yeah. Just a guess. So, so this is actually a perfect transition into talking about what is area control. Um, sure. Because the reason why I thought it would be interesting to talk about that is because we had posted homework for the Meeps uh, asking you guys to talk about your favorite area control game and what you like about it. And Teresa Nessel had mentioned that she would have said Ethnos, but then the evening before, someone pointed out to her that that's more of an area majority game than a straight up area control game. Sure. Um, and so... <laughs> it's time for semantics. <laughs> what is area control? What is area majority? Are there other categories what here? Is, is territory control? Is that the exact territory same thing as everyone else? People just using these interchangeably. Or majority, yeah. So. Let, I mean, let's start with this idea of area majority. Both of you were talking about ethnos. Um, what, what's the sort of 
interactive mechanism of ethnos and why might someone call that area majority? Huh. Well, I think it's because it's majority rule in the in the actual territory. Like we were kind of talking about, you know, thinking about planning for the show is like, what what are we talking about? Is it taking over? Is it one person's in it and they got it? Is it a bunch of people in it and the person with the most? And so maybe that is the difference in the terminology is I would say area majority is, so an ethnos, more than one person can have a claim in a place, right. but the person with the most claim owns it. So they have the majority. I would assume that's a literal yeah, may, is majority maybe like a subset of control? Yeah. Maybe? Right. Um, because like, oh, Zach brings up a great game, and I think this is probably, Jesse, probably would be number three on your list. Maybe even number be. two, I don't know. Adrenaline yeah. uh, CGE game. Adrenaline is on the list, too. Which is an amazing um, abstraction of first-person shooting games. Uh, basically, what they do is you score based on how many, how much damage you've done to an area of the body, right? Roughly. Well, um, it, it's more like, the, I mean, the better way to put it is it's area control, except the areas that you're trying to gain control over are your friends. Yeah. Your body <laughs> and friends. you gain yeah. control of the area by shooting them with rockets. Pew, 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 pew. As one does. Come on. Uh, yeah. Um, and so uh, Daryl's saying that area control versus majority is definitely different in motivation and strategy. And I agree that. I agree. Um, Majority tends to be a slightly friendlier version of it, you know, like everybody because several people can gain benefit have from a it. Chance. Yeah. Yeah. Or get lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser as they have less and less control in that area versus, you know, only the mighty, only there can only be one ruler of this particular zone. Yeah. So yep. I can I can see how that works. It also will create different like board dynamics. So these games always have generally have boards and play areas. And in area control games, if you've got some restriction on where you can place your troops or whatever, if you like have to be connected to yourself, you can still move through other people's spaces. You can expand in different ways more freely. But in area control games like uh, classics like Risk, but um, mm -hmm. also other games that are not Risk. Um, taking control of an area is also uh, taking away options from other players. They now have to fight you to go through that way um, as opposed to taking another approach on the board. So if you're designing a game and you want to be able to be able to draw battle lines, then full control may be a better thing to think about than majority. Mm -hmm. And I think the thematics of it obviously dictate, um, you know, dictate what your actions are going to be or how hard you're going to have to go against your opponents. Uh, Gerald's good point here um, is that uh, in, gener in general, majority games push players to want two seconds over one first. And that's generally how the scoring mechanisms will work in a game like Belfort, where it's better to score second place in two zones than first place in one zone, uh, so that you the it incentivizes wider building around and competing in several different areas uh, rather than just competing in one. So yeah, yeah and, and you're right. Control, Daryl says, control drives the player to go for many firsts. Mm -hmm. So um, let's ch chat about that. Uh, Jesse, what's your number two or three? Uh, Belfort. Okay. And what, what is it about Belfort that you like? Just, you know, 
I, I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, uh, yeah, that's right. This actually is good that we're now talking about it as area majority. Cause I actually like that it's area majority. Um, in part because it creates this really nice gameplay arc um, that I found to be very good for introducing players to medium to heavyweight game experiences. Because mm -hmm. um, in the beginning of Belfort, you are very much not interacting. Like the interactions with other players are pretty light. They're very lightweight. There's so many options. There's tons of places that you can build. Um, you're not really constrained. You're mostly concerned about optimizing over your um, build material acquisition. And so you're doing this little like area majority battle there. And then you build cool stuff and then you score some points. And then in the second phase, you sort of realize that, oh, space is starting to become limited. Now, if I want to gain control of these different areas, I'm going to have to start being, think further ahead about what buildings I'm working with and which areas I actually want to make my stamp on. And at some point during that second phase, someone will have bought a, have a pub card in their hands and they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to build this in that um, area so that I can get second place. It's going to be amazing. And then Helena builds a pub in that area to lock down her first place. And you're like, holy crap, that was mean. I wanted to go there. And then finally, you move into the third uh, round of Belfort, where there is very little space that's left. And every single piece that you place completely changes the way the end game scoring is going to pan out. And so every move is intense, significant, and ultimately mean. And so it has this really cool arc because it's an area majority game where over the course of the game, your options for how you can enter into those contests are shrinking. Um, and so it gets to be sort of lighthearted and friendly and then ultimately conclude with the high intensity, um, essentially battle for victory. So mm -hmm. I really like that I, I, I think that's an interesting point in itself is that it's like, and this is maybe something until very recently hasn't changed is that most area controls or area majorities whatever we're looking at they're they are mean games and so i think that will also maybe where it's getting interesting when we talk about some of the current stuff is maybe where they're not perceived maybe as mean and that's a, a whole interesting one in itself you know okay i played one randomly the other day it just just reminded me it's the first time i played it i was like this is probably one of the most chaotically strange games i've played in a while and that was area control and that was the Discworld game oh yeah i was like that is such a weird game well i mean if you look at the oh no i know the source, the source material, material. I was just thinking area control, and I was like, what was that? Oh, yeah, that was the wacky one. Hmm. It's interesting because uh, what's uh, what's one common term we hear when we talk about area controller uh, a lot? Uh, it's dudes on a map, right? Dudes on a map. Traditionally. Yeah, and I think what you're going to find is that there are a lot of players today who don't appreciate that because they tend to be mean, as, as Zach Connolly and Shem are talking about on on the the chat right now they're saying you know i i i'm starting to realize that i enjoy area majority a lot more than area control um and zach Connolly says yeah because they're interactive not mean and dudes on a map were uh, quite a big thing uh you know in the last couple of years with you know eric lang's type of stuff yeah. which is totally fine if you the back to the game. yeah the whole medical line of chemists and yeah, Inish, and yeah. Yeah. Inish breaks from it, but we'll come back to that. Yeah, it does, but it, it still has the trappings of dudes on a map. 
And so Erica was looking for a bunch of top 10 lists and those top 10 lists seem to kind of peak at around 2017. And there's probably a reason for that. Um, well, I could, we could talk about what some of them are. It might be why. Yeah. So I, I was theorizing that because there was a few really good ones that came out that year, it kind of spawned people wanting to make these lists in the first place. And so, and I think, yeah, going back to the conversation going down the side between the two, I think the one nice thing about Air Majority is it's that idea that everybody has a chance at it. Whereas Air Control is often the first to claim or first to push something out. So one is very deductive or reductive, sorry. And the other one is very additive. And so I would say that psychologically that would give you a very different feeling playing. But anyway, let's go back to, sorry, uh, different different lists of some dudes on a map, some, some not, but okay. So I've got a few different ones here. Uh, let's start with, uh, this one is from Board Game Quest written in January of 2017. Uh, there's some honorable mentions on this one, but it's a top 10. So here's the 10 going backwards. Uh, they have Barony, Risk 2010 AD, Small World Underground. Oh yeah, Small Chaos World. Chaos in the Old World. Small World made a few lists. Dominant Species, Tamnini Hall, something like Tam that. Uh, Twilight, Tamnini Hall. I may have written it funny. I, I can picture the box, but that doesn't help. Uh, Toilet Struggle Spanish, is definitely Spanish came up in a bunch. First game. Uh, El Grande definitely came up in a few. Wild City. Yeah. And uh, Tikal, I think it's called. Oh, called. yeah. Oh, interesting. So here's another one. This was Sam Healy's list about half uh, a few months later. Say, uh, so interesting, same year, different list. <laughs> no, Almost no overlap with this one. So his going backwards were Revolution. Nexus Ops, Shogun, Star Wars Rebellion, Sola Fide, uh, Tyrants of the Underdark, which is the D and D title, Cry Havoc, mm -hmm. uh, Innis, Mission Red Planet, mm -hmm. and Small World. And so, uh, ones that came up on other ones is Godfather: New Dawn. Was Ooh. that uh, a geek dad actually had a list where they were broken out into low, medium, and high complexity for best, and uh, Godfather was in the low complexity for best. Uh, so the other they also have uh, Nexus Ops. Uh, so med uh, medium weight they had Adrenaline, which we've already talked about. They had Kemet, Scythe, and Cry Havoc. And for the high end, they had Forbidden Stars, Twilight Imperium, and they shout out to Chaos of the Old World. So one of the newer lists I had. El Grande still on it, uh, but this one included Ethnos, Mission Replanted again, Five Tribes, and Kingdom Builder. Hmm. But I thought it was funny. No matter what list they looked at, there was actually very little overlap. Yeah, that is. You'd think of... there'd be more agreeing. Mm -hmm. You'd think. No, no one agrees. No. Well, I guess maybe what it comes down to then it really is favorite theme of that. Yeah, delivery. yeah. I, I think that's I think that's definitely true that. There's definitely a uh, there's definitely people who are fans of like that medical line style of of you know dudes on a map combat but not luck based combat. Uh, there's definitely people who are fans of games like Risk. I know Jamie Jones who is uh, watching right now has something like 48 different copies of Risk, right? So I I think that um, it, it's a personal choice. It's a personality in terms yeah. of what kinds of games you want to play. But then thematically, I think we've been exploring so many new themes 
in our designs past 2017, so obviously into 2018, 2019. Yeah, 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, that things that we think of as area control don't look like dudes on a map games anymore, yeah. right? So uh, Daryl was saying that, uh, you know, you and he, Erica, designed Roar uh, with dudes on a map as an influence, but it doesn't mm -hmm. really look like a dudes on a map game because... Yeah, the idea was to take out a lot of that randomness, like, you know, risk. I think we all have risk as that background game. So the, I think the original intent of that one was using how lions actually act in real life is very similar to pushing the push and pull of kind of an area control game. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know if you can beat that person kind of outright, you don't have to worry about the roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, so dudes on a map game, if we're going to malign it at all, why do you think dudes on a map games get a bad rap? Daryl thinks they do. I think they have that, that old D&D &D connotation of like, who do you conjure up when you think of playing Risk? or something like that. Oh, and it's still that, okay. uh, yeah, I, I, I would just say, cause it's like, for me, it's like you have, a people have in their head, especially I'm gonna say if you're probably late thirties up more, less, I would say less if you're like younger, uh, this idea of the type of person who played that game. Like they had their friends that were this type of group and they played Risk every weekend or D&D &D every weekend or whatever it is. And so I think because that's the first game people think of, like, you know, if you say you're a board game where people are like, what, like Monopoly? It's like, cause that's the only thing they can think of is that con connotation that it maybe hasn't broken away the way that RPGing has in right. the last five to 10. So, I mean, I think I think there's definitely something to that. Um, there's definitely an associative connection between dudes on a map games and risk. I say this as someone who recommends dudes on a map game to people that are interested yeah. in I'm board not gaming the same thing. and say and they yeah. say risk is their touchstone. I'm like, oh, like people just down the way from me, they picked up Blood Rage on my recommendation because after chatting with them mm -hmm. and finding out that they liked risk, I was like, here's something that will be a good like stepping stone for you in. So there's definitely an association there, but I'm not sure that they actually get a bad rap. And part of the reason why I'm not sure about that is at least within the geek spaces, mm -hmm. they are incredibly popular. I mean, Rising Sun mm -hmm. literally broke Kickstarter. Um, and like Inish was a huge success with rave reviews coming from all sides. Um, and I mean, it's, it's still, I think, doing all right out there. So um, mm -hmm. Kemet is like well-loved by most people that are into that kind of conflict game. Uh, and so, I think that's the thing though, right? It's the maybe it's, maybe it's a matters. perceived conflict. Yeah, that's what I say, maybe it's perceived conflict. It's the idea that kind of going back to this idea we're saying where I think without meaning to, you think area control or area majority, maybe more control than majority, you do think mean, even if it's not, I think because you played those one or two mean games and they tend to be longer games that end up being mean, it's an interesting investment of time if you're not necessarily, I don't know, depending what you're getting out of it, I suppose. And yeah. maybe that's, the, again, I think it's more of a perceived thing than anything else. If Because if we when we start talking more about the current games, I think they're going to be a huge shift in what people even consider those games to be. It's amazing when it has an air control element now. It's kind of like, why? Or cool. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Tim Brown, 
uh, kind of spells it out here. He says, dudes on a map implies war games, which turns off a lot of people. And I, I think I, it's that mean connotation. Yeah, I think he, I don't think he's wrong, and I think it's changing, but I also don't think he's wrong. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, and Zach Conley says that maybe area control isn't war enough for war gamers and is too mean for Euro gamers. Uh, maybe, I don't know. It's probably where theme becomes a really big point for people. And again, why we're saying maybe some of these lists don't match for that reason. It's how they want that delivered. Their right. so-called meanness. Right. What yeah. doses does it come in? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, one one of the commenters earlier had mentioned that uh, area control majority always features conflict. And one of the things that's changing is designers are getting more creative about what they start to recognize as conflict thematically, right? Not strictly dudes with swords hitting dudes with swords. Um, but given that most games uh, are in some ways conflict oriented, the difference maker, I wouldn't be surprised to find out for what makes someone love area majority game A versus B is literally just the thematic trappings of it. Um, I would have to think so. Because there's a lot of similarity in how any given area control majority game feels when you're playing them. Um, I find it pretty rare that the mechanics around it break that fundamental mold of how you think about the game, how you're thinking about your interactions with other players, precisely where the emotional highs and lows fall, the exact sort of plot of that roller coaster may be different, but it's gonna have the same sort of broad trajectory. Wow, um, I mean, that's a good point. And, and the question really is, does theme then matter? And the answer is probably yes. To some people, <laughs> war with dudes hitting other dudes with swords and other swords and more swords, is like a no-sell. That's like a hard pass. My family will never play it. But if it happens to be uh, cute mice trying to carve off a piece of cheese, then they'll be like, yeah, well, we're all in. That in. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, but mechanistically, it's the exact same thing. And, and I guess, different. yeah. And it's that's a really how you feel playing it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew says, I've always said that Bosque is the nicest mean area control game I've played, so theme matters a lot. By the way, I was listening to a 99% Invisible podcast today about uh, squirrels, and all I could do is think about the fat squirrel in Bosque. It is a fat, fat squirrel. Squirrel. Hey, now it's reprinted squirrels. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, if you pre-order, there you go, you shout out for the day. Yeah. Uh, if you pre-order, there have these really cute screen-printed squirrels, which I don't even know if I'm getting a copy of, but they look neat. So if you want boss, pre-order, get the cool squirrels. Cool squirrels. That's a hard word to say. Like hard phrase to say multi-time. Multi cool squirrels. 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 Cool squirrels. Cool squirrels. That's hard. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, is the military in Seven Wonders considered area control even without an area? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it is a majority thing, right? Huh, that's interesting. See, yes, in some ways, because you're... Akin to, so we say? Well, it's akin to, because you, you're actually, it's everybody, including the two people you're next to, well, it's only the two people you're next to, and yourself, competing for this thing. So I don't necessarily know if it's area majority or area control. It's majority. Uh, well, um. No, it's it, it, it would it have to be majority because you could own some. It's control, but, but we can all own some. But is it control no, of an area? You don't you don't get like partial points for not. It's no, all or none. Yeah. It's all or none for each side, true. right? Um, 
It's definitely an area something or other mechanism though. But is it area? It's something. It's Even though it's an area. I think it's area. It's a it's a or is it just comparison? In a way, area control with with a map in pieces is still just a comparison. It, it we've is, used, usually we use a map to make it easier to do a dozen comparisons. Seven Wonders only has you doing two, so it they don't need yeah, a big map. But I'm but there's also usually intrinsic mechanics in area control where you have to actually move to those areas, right? You so have I to wonder pick a card. Yeah, I wonder it's if seven there's. Wonders. You Th there's an area written on the card. It is a location, mm. most of them. <laughs> Does it's that count? Yeah. These are my barracks. I'm going to the barracks. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean, think it has to be a physical thing. Yeah. You don't have to have uh, physically have a meeple to move around, do you? Okay, that's yeah. a whole other question then. Yeah, Get well, the physically. Oh. Huh, that's interesting. Sorry, so, go ahead. Uh, speaking about physicality, Shem Phillips brings up that the tactile visual aspect of seeing my dude removed from the map is what turns them off of more war-style area control games, unless there is some value in having them destroyed, like in Blood Rage. That's interesting. Um, I used to have this debate with one of my friends, Jeff, uh, about Euro gamers and their love of building up and not seeing things destroyed. And there's like a, there's a big psychological aversion to loss, right? Risk and loss. Is, yeah. People are very averse to that. Uh, and so games that are area majority where you're building stuff, but it never gets destroyed, like in Belfort, I think that may be why people find that more comforting or comfortable. Um, and they can still be a little bit mean, like Daryl said, they're passively aggressively mean. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Daryl's saying Seven Wonders is area control between players. I just have to get over my fact, over the fact that is this an area or is it not an area? That'd be like saying all board games need boards. It's an area. Right? Yeah. Not all board games. Well, that's the idea. Uh -huh. Remove the board. Now, how do you do area control? It's still right. probably area control. It just looks a little yeah. different. I would say what it could be a neat thing is this conversation we were having a little prior to this is this idea of what is an area control game. Not just the technicality of it, but thinking back on games that, like, Jesse blew my mind <laughs> earlier. When he's like, when, when he said Scrabble is an area control game, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. And there's the tiles have values, obviously, in which way you have, you know, rules and how you're allowed to lay them. But to a degree, that's true. Yeah, you're competing for My mind control of an blown. area. Yeah. Uh, I was blown. Jamie Jones says that King of Tokyo is the simplest, simplest area control game there is. You're either in Tokyo or you're out of Tokyo. That's <laughs> roughly it. And he's, he's right. But, I mean, it may not be the simplest area control game, but it's the simplest area control um, representation one of them for sure you're in or you're out then yeah i was gonna say wrestling <laughs> it's like the it's an area control game you just have to get the other guy out of the ring sumo yeah wrestling's totally an area control game i i, I meant like as in like wwe wrestling not also so also like, an area control yes. game <laughs> yes there you go giant area control game real life area control games oh, king of the ring i guess fine. technically uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if i would call like win by pinfall area control yeah, but that's say, no, no, you have to throw the, the other guy out. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's WWE. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's right. That's what real rumble is. You get like you get like thirty guys in there the ring, go. and the last one that's in it, like physically in it, wins. And so. yeah, last man standing, king of the hill. They're all sort of yeah. Yes, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, it was you. 
pointing out that it was Scrabble. It's a hat tip to you there. Oh, well, it um, still blew my mind. No, I, I And then we started getting into conversations about like Othello and like mm -hmm. other like super old classic games. You're like 100% this area control. You max out those corners, nobody can flip anymore. Like you're like, that's what you want. Yeah, it's you like, control oh, that area. Yeah, my, my, my mind was blown earlier. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking like that. So is there is there anything that we can think about in terms of design, design of area control games? I mean, we've all designed one or two, at least, games that are strictly area control or area majority in terms of Bosque, Roar, Godfather, Korra, Belfort. You know, we have a bunch of games under just our collective We all like area control, apparently. Yeah. And we've all used very <laughs> different like themes. So we've used, like, yeah. a sport theme. We've used mating lions. We've used leaves falling from trees we've used building a city we've used you know literal dudes on a map dice on a map uh control of a city right so there's a lot of a lot of differences in all of those but the core of it still is the same pente that's the name andrew that's the name i was thinking when you said what's that other game like othello it's pente that's what it is um oh, yes. yeah that there's a lot of a lot of really good stuff to talk about in area control but how did we design those games what made us pick area control or area majority or a subset thereof i know my um, answer was the answer yeah, to everything let's do. <laughs> let's do a story time we can each talk about the each the area control elements of one of the games that we've worked on go ahead well right. i okay so for for me everything is always theme first it's whatever the idea was first and how that reacts comes out of it like the area control came out for example for roar the area code came came out because that's what lions actually do they push each other out of areas and say this is mine right and that's how it works and it also worked with the idea that humans do the same thing because there's a push and pull in the game where a human encroachment takes over all the highest leveled food spots and then slowly retreats to allow a bit more like fluctuation at the end of the game and then for boss funny enough like daryl was like the, was literally the idea of the leaves spreading over the ground. So it was already stemming from leaves on the ground. And then it was like, okay, but how do we turn that into a game? Mm -hmm. And so funny, there was already an area element to that one, or even both. If you think just how both things act in real life, what the behavior of both random themes were in real life, they both basically do what they do in the games. <laughs> and so it was a literal translation of area control or majority. Mm -hmm both um <laughs> is kind of was kind of similar although not from the theme per se but from our initial mechanical hook the very first idea we had for cora the like thing that we started with was it's going to look like this when you're playing it and we drew a picture of the board and then we took cubes and other different shaped pieces to represent different elements and we just laid them on the board in like, like patterns to look like when you play it you're going to have pieces laid out in patterns, and that's going to represent bending an element and making an attack. And from that starting point, the sort of intuitively obvious way to handle the conflict was to just accumulate pieces and have them counter each other. That was one of the first mechanics that we put in the game, and it just stayed because it made a lot of sense with the initial visual thing that we were looking for. So. Belfort, Godfather, where'd the area control come from? Uh, really competition. So, I mean, the the whole idea behind Godfather, the movie, and 
Godfather New Dawn, uh, which is sort of the idea that it takes place between the movies, um, was that uh, the city's been cut up into you know little boroughs that each of the remaining families of the five families, uh, New York or the Mafia, were vying for control over. And because the dawn was dead, there's going to be a new dawn determined by who controls the most of New York, which is sort of the whole idea, um, you know, behind most of these types of things, right? Daryl said it kind of really well that when space is limited, area conflict is involved in the game, right? And kinda the idea kind of has to be. And the idea behind, uh, you know, um, a various gangs controlling New York is the gangs that have the biggest parts or the most valuable parts are literally running New York. And so you wanted to have the most control by the end of the game to be crowned the new dawn. Uh, and so all the mechanics were pushing towards that. Um, how do you undercut people? How do you get into areas that you couldn't once get into? How do you use Oh no! What happened? Um, we we won. Wait, we took no. over. You did not. He's back. I, 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 still, I still have majority in this area. Or actually, we no. all it. We, we had majority. We had majority. We we had majority. We, so we're basically all of us are going to bump down to third point, third level points because we all uh, have majority. But, but over the entire course of the game, currently yeah. we're winning. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Jesse has majority now. Oh, Eric said you got whacked, but he got I, better, Eric. I got better. I, I'm not sleeping with the fishes. He's not dead there. yet. I'm not quite dead yet. So, yeah, uh, I think the story definitely helps us to think about when we want to use our majority. So. Um, and I think that's, that's that, like you said, you know, when themes mesh with mechanics, um, we get good, um, what's the word that I'm looking for, Jesse? It's a word I that I use. Affordances. No, it's not affordances. Yes, you do get affordances. Uh, I would think everything's much far more intuitive because you expect it to yes, act that way. These are all good words. Um, but not the word you want. <laughs> fidelity. The word I'm looking for is fidelity. Uh, there's good fidelity between the theme and the mechanics, which leads to the outcomes of, you know, more intuitiveness and better affordances and all those types yeah. of things. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Jason Mohan is saying lockout or blocking and control can be different, though. That Does is that mean, true. Yeah. I was it's a form of, yeah, I would actually say, in, no, in some ways, I know where you're going with this, because it's a form of lockout between the rounds. Right. Because no one else can go there. That's right. <laughs> like, right now, Erica's going to lock us all out. Oh, <laughs> lock us all out. So now you were going, to, now? You were, you no. were going somewhere else with the, the lockout comment, Erica. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, what was your lockout? Well, no, well, no. What I was gonna say, I think it's an interesting idea because a lot of times lockout is first to the location, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, like, don't get me wrong, it could be a defense-based game, in which case maybe then you you get to the location and have to actually physically put yourself into something. But I think a lot of times it is the first to arrive, in which case it's funny how much then it connected directly with what Jesse was on tangenting on that it's like worker placement is first to the place the only thing is it always resets so then it's not yeah. really yeah but i mean blood rage is area control and the game resets every round right you keep your mm -hmm. you keep your engine or your like combo pieces you keep your architecture but you completely reset the board state we're basically playing a fresh game with a new starting point three times in a row mm -hmm. so yeah. the resetting is totally okay um 
Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I think um, I think blocking's a little different than worker placement. No, yeah, it's no. totally different. It was it's just totally funny different. That it, it was the, just the, <laughs> the wording was connecting with exactly. No, I see. I yeah, we're like, where, how where is this I was the going, same, but yeah, the weird, crazy tangent I was going it, on is like, is worker placement elements have elements of area control to it? I think it does. I just thought it was funny how similar what he was saying was sounding. Mm -hmm. yeah. what I was saying. I see. I see. Cool. What else do we want to talk about with worker placement? What are we hoping to see in the future of worker placement? Well, I think we should talk about some of the interesting new ones that are coming yeah. about. Like you I mean, know people do talk about boss being control. strange with. Oh yeah, area control. That's what I mean. <laughs> what did, it, did I say? Worker placement? Did no, he say I worker placement? did. You did. Okay, I was like, yeah, I don't I remember. Oh, you totally did. <laughs> it's okay. Don't do that to it's me. Getting late. So let's talk about the new yeah. area control games, like new directions for so area I control. New directions. Uh, okay, so um, I, I mean, yeah, I would say Bosque is a good example of people don't consider usually a game with trees and leaves to be area control. So it, it does change like kind of uh, what you expect from the game. But I think another good one, and we were actually hoping to originally have uh, Chris Rollins on for this uh, from Forest Presents because we we're going to talk a little bit about Skulk. He unfortunately is crazy swamp, so unfortunately to cancel with us. But uh, Skulk is a game that just came out that is a plastic skull that is essentially a bluffing game, which you would never consider to have an area control element, but it does. And it kind of is fascinating to think of a game, two, two mechanics you'd never normally see together, like bluffing <laughs> in area control. You normally wouldn't see those together so much. Uh, that was an interesting combination. So. It, it's uh, essentially the game is you open the skull's mouth, one person's looking at it, they'll either lie or tell the truth about the color, depending on which they do and what people react to, uh, changes the outcome where you're either collecting marbles or you're literally placing tokens onto a small disc that is the area control element because it's sort of like the, the person who doesn't have a placement or the least loses. But you uh. can also... My only issue with this game is a player elimination. So even before we kind of got to the part where people would be filling up the discs, people were already out. And that was my, my only issue with the game. It really was, it, but, but, but just from a design standpoint, it was fascinating to see a bluffing game <laughs> that in an area control at the center of it. Yeah, I think I think more few, like overall, not just with area control, but I think that we should expect to see more mechanics fusions. Um, it's been happening for the last couple of years. I think it's only going to get more extreme and more innovative. These single category games are becoming exceedingly rare, uh, in part mm. because you can mix different mechanics together, like bluffing and area control, to create a really unique novel experience. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. the novelty of the experience your game offers is part of how you stand out in the market. Yeah. Um, if you offer just another area control game, I mean, I've already got six of those on my shelf. Why should I care? I was going to say, right. I was like, Endeavor has area control. And I was like, what else is on that shelf right now? It's interesting Quantum. that you're saying that uh, because as an old, old man who has old, old games in his basement, I'll often go back and play them and relish in how simple they are. Like actually be happy. It's like, oh, this is so simple and so clean. And it really focuses on that one mechanic that's and does thing. it really well. Which is why some really cool publishers are republishing classics because there's no yeah, so need to redesign them. They already that's exist. That's what I was going to say. They already exist. You already have your favorite. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the issue is you're like, well, why would I get a new one of those when this does it awesomely? And don't get me wrong. We all know that someone can still come up with a great game. 
But yeah. knowing that those things exist makes it a little harder for people to want it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Sam, where do you think area control is going? Uh, you know, um, well, I think I'd like to see area control where, and Daryl said this too, we're on the same wavelength as, as usual, that I think area control where area control doesn't just get you points, where it's not just VP anymore, where area control gets you something interesting. Mm -hmm. So you're fighting for more than just the end goal. It's a step in the mm -hmm. way of getting to the end goal, which will allow you to probably do some neat fusion of different types of mechanisms where area control isn't the be all and end all, it's just a driving yeah. part of it, it's, which is what yeah. Belfort really is. Area majority in Belfort, a lot of people don't actually think of Belfort as a majority game uh, because it's literally just like a quarter or a third, it's probably about a third of the game. Well, it's a scoring mechanism, but it's not. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually think Belfort's a great example of fusion, right? Because it. It's got multi, like two different area majority systems uh, latched onto each other with resource management, hands management, and um, and worker placement elements. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it's Jim just, says it's it's almost pushed into the spice shelf, and we're like, oh yeah, let's mix these things together. To be honest, that's exactly what we did. I'm just kidding. Uh, Tim Brown says games mm -hmm. are trending back towards the simpler. What do you guys think about that? Maybe. I can't see I a lot think, of examples of it. I was I thinking know, about it when I saw that comment come up. Depends what you mean by trending. Like what what market space are we actually taking into account when we think about this? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, tell, I, let us know, Tim. You can you can fill us in on, in the I mean, below. In some ways, what I could say by simpler is because people are looking for that kind of, um, uh, this is maybe a little less hobby and a little bit more mass, but where a lot of hobby is kind of hoping to have a game in this kind of line is that idea of that the game essentially does one central thing based around something that's a showpiece, like whatever it is, the toy, the mechanic, the whatever, but something that's showy in the center the game can be fairly simple because it's based around this showy piece and there's a lot of trend towards that in mass right now where it's kind of like that it does that one thing and it does that's what it does it does i don't know how to explain it sure it could be that it you know it's something that fills and explodes yeah poop shoots out of a toilet whatever it is it's that's definitely where mass is going where there is less game to it but to be fair they've always sort of been yeah. Uh, maybe trending that way a bit more where there is a bit less game it's more accessible because it's like it's not hard to learn it's three yeah. rules right i don't Tim's know like that, uh, you know people are turning away from games that are over an hour long and i, and I agree with you there uh, but again simpler though yeah i think i be wrong. i do think it's important though to attend to who the people are because and the reason i'm saying this is because terraforming mars and on mm -hmm. mars are both incredibly layered in some might say over bloated games that one was very popular last year and now has a kickstarter that's doing super well and on mars is tracking to a million and lacerda's games are all kind of really complicated interwoven systems and he has a quite a big following right so if you're looking in the hobby space there is a partial trend towards elegant complexity um i would agree with that where it is simple enough to learn but there is definitely a depth there when you start mm -hmm. to count it out and actually figure out what's going on so i would agree with that so maybe deceptively simple yeah and yeah. i don't think tim was necessarily meaning simpler simpler maybe because he's talking about azul here right that there's a market for them like look at the massive hit that azul yeah. was which is definitely not a simple game where it's like you know roll some dice and move it's right 
got maybe just clean clean in appearance maybe closer because i mean you can start to but calculate also, that thing down to craziness but you can play that in like 60 minutes easy right it's shorter yes. actually so i i don't i don't think it's necessarily wrong elegant complexity that's a that's Daryl is a good Yeah, I think that's what we're saying. It's it's that idea that you it's you can learn it easy enough, but you're not gonna master this right. anytime soon. Like there's a lot to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So simplicity more it's no, so not simplicity, talking maybe accessibility <laughs> more the like easy to learn, fast to learn, quick to pick up. Like you can get into the games yes. more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um Yes. Their rules fit on a single page, as it, I think that's true of it. Is that true of Azul? I know the Century series it, did that. It should be because that is the overall goal. That's the overall goal of that, right? Of that. Um, the only thought, yeah, it's only the mat that takes them anything to explain. So I don't know. How, I don't think I've ever seen the rule book. I, I'm okay playing Azul. It's definitely not my favorite game, I'll be honest. I actually think it is a really mean game that people play because they get to pretend that they're not being mean, but they are. <laughs> I'll fully admit that's what I think that game is. Yeah. yeah, Jason Mohan is saying that uh, complexity is elegant and simple to learn, and so we'd, we'd love some more support on Kickstarter for that one. Uh, that's a game that Jay and I did, Quanchai did the art. You can look it up on Kickstarter right now. You know, deep but streamlined, Sean Phillips is saying, uh, that's another way of putting it. And so how do we think that that's going to change in, you know, the upcoming years in terms of area control? Is it just going to be thematics that are going to make it easier for people to grok that sort of, oh, that makes sense because in ant farms, this is how ants work. Or, you know, when we're mowing the lawn, of course we want to mow all the lawns. I'm just saying things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what do you, what do you think, uh, what do you think you're going to do next in area control land if you make another area control, area majority game, Erica? So interesting question because I try not to like it's weird. I almost constantly try not to repeat things. Like I do it yeah. as a design exercise where I'm like, I haven't done that. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we do that but too. It's, so. it's yeah, it's just funny that I was like, oh, I've done more than one of something. Interesting. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I I have a feeling like unless there was something that really inspired me to be it acts that way. I would say whatever I would do next, it's gonna add, it's sort of like what we've been talking about. I think it has to be blended with something else, make it innovative. It's a new way of looking at area control to a degree or or that theme that it's like, you never would have applied it to area control normally. I think one of those two give that, maybe that bit of either something new or refreshing about mm -hmm. something maybe you've done before uh, is maybe where I would think to do it, especially since I consciously now no, I've done it already. I would want to do it differently. You've done Jesse. it twice too, Man, yeah, Erica. I know. <laughs> Anything I do, I, and now I have two tree games, and I didn't intend that either. Uh, oh so, yeah, well, that was a big well, that was a big theme switch, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? So, yeah. um, I mean, for me, it's a, so there's two there's two ways I can answer this. The first is that in general, I see like high level mechanisms like area control or deck building. At, yeah, okay, fine, we'll go there. Um, I just saw your crawler uh, as as a tool, and so I, I mean, area control is really good for creating certain kinds of conflict interactions. And so mm -hmm. if I'm working on a game and it's like, oh, we want conflict and we want it to feel this way, area control is going in. Um, specifically though, you've sort of flagged it on the bottom and so I'll give the high level twist and then you can go on. Uh, you and I have been working on a game about mushrooms, um, samurai mushrooms. <laughs> Is that what that meant? I was like, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a... So, but, but one of the twists that we've sort of arrived at uh, is 
for area control is one controlling an area it, we're gonna eliminate victory points so it's about achieving something and controlling areas is actually just adding they, is what is what the engine elements are so if you control an area that's grow? like that's yeah, that's right. And you can do more stuff because you control this area. So areas will have abilities that you're actually trying to secure. But on the flip side of it, the way that we're going to have like ninjas and like subterfuge is if you have area minority, that will unlock the subterfuge action in an area. And so then you can go in that area and do like the the like sneaky thing. So there's both yeah. like, oh, having the most boosts your engine, but having the least gives you new action options. Yeah. And I, and I think... Um... Yes, Daryl, I know they have a mushroom game, but it isn't a samurai mushroom game. This is I saw you added samurai because it was it was just saying. Well, I, before, I thought that I some people would think that we were talking about like it's like you know um, different types of magical mushrooms. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we're we're thinking about. So yeah, that's uh, the direction yeah, we're taking. The direction we're taking is that, and we also uh, we're working on another one um, in Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It, it's kind of a long term thing. Uh, where we actually want to look at uh, uprisings within the areas that you control. Um, so if you control too hard, what's going to happen to the population that's in that area? I find that a lot of war games, we don't think about that at all. We just think about, you know, rolling as many D6s as possible and crushing our opposition. But what happens if just the population kill everybody. is there? <laughs> well, no, let's not just kill everybody. <laughs> no, traditionally, it's just kill everybody. Yeah. So that's where we're kind of heading with that, is using area control to tell slightly different stories, to not be just the VP condition um, that they are engines towards some greater goal uh, that is not achievements and things like that, uh, to, to step away a little bit from, you know, track and points and stuff like that. I think that's not as interesting as I used to, right? Um, Sorry, uh, Daryl's saying, I think one of the area control worlds needs to deal with ties better. Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about Travis Magrum style ties. I didn't, I, <laughs> I you did, meant like ties. That would be cool, thematically. Like what would be a tie area control game? Oh, anyway. Without that, ties. Yeah, without yeah. ties. No ties in the tie game. Um, yeah. I mean, ties is interesting because they're kind of essential to how at least an area majority game feels. If you have friendly ties, you get a completely different kind of experience than when you have unfriendly oh, yeah. ties. Yeah. Um, those are, those, uh, yes, that's an interesting thinking Agreed. point. Agreed. Agreed. So that is our homework for uh, the next time we talk about area control. It's like, how can we figure out ties? Is there a reason to figure out ties? Do we need to? Um, and in the meantime, uh, let's talk about how to find us. Jesse, where do we find you? Maple syrup shop talk. Yeah, Jesse will be there moderating alongside our good friends Eric Slauson and Zach Connolly. Erica, where are we finding you? Uh, so, well, I, I try to get on maple syrup, not as good as these guys are, though. Uh, otherwise, I'm also at Twitter at Frenemy Games, Frenemy with an I. Mm -hmm. And you can so find me. Spelled. On Twitter at Senfeng Lim and on Facebook at the Maple Syrup Shop Top page. Um, hey, Richie Miles has joined us. That's nice to see. And there, you know, there's a lot more to talk about area control. Area control is a very vast topic area majority. So we can take it back to the shop and talk there if we want. 
Um, yeah. If you're really interested in talking more about area control, design of that kind of stuff, whatever, start a, start a thread in Shop Talk. And all the people that are here are also there. They'd be more than happy to talk about that more. I, I would love to see more discussions about mechanics and mechanisms or whatever you want to call them on the Shop Talk pages. Uh, next week, what are we doing next week? I don't even know. Uh, but we have to check our calendar again. What is next week? No, oh, it'll yeah. be a no, designer spotlight. spotlight. That's a spotlight. Be, uh, isn't that is that Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hargrave? Yeah, that, I think so. I mean, I so we're terrible calendars, guys. So we sorry. Are. Yes, so, she is our next spotlight. Yes, this is. By the way, this is like the first year we've really ever done a good calendar. Daryl and I have tried in the past, and they'd always kind of devolve by the end of it. This and year, it's a little bit better. We've lasted. We promise you plan it. We just like forget sometimes checking for the no, show. I'm just, next I'm just, I, I so, just yes. had to open it. It's Elizabeth Hargrave Designer Spotlight. Yay. We were right. Yeah, I, I knew it. Okay. So Enjoy. she's on next week because she's not, she's going to talk about Wigspan, obviously, but she also has a new <laughs> Kickstarter coming. Cool. And so you get to hear all of it in new game. Yeah. We'll talk That's about really cool. birds and flowers. Yeah. Birds and flowers. Cool. No, it's okay. Um, and uh, on that last note, we'll say goodbye. Please do go check out, if you're a last minute type of person, the Kingdom Rush Kickstarter from Jesse, myself, and Helena is up on Kickstarter for another like 19 hours. And if you like city builders, yep. tile layers, check out Complexity. That's Complex City on Kickstarter from Jay, myself, Art by Quan Chai, Big Kid Games, the publisher. Um, we'd love your support on that one. It's not going quite as gangbusters as Kingdom Rush has been. So. Uh, that would be super cool. So we'll see you guys all yeah. next week. Um, one day we'll have a theme song again. I don't know how to do it yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh, so in that meantime, Jesse will sing for us. All right, we'll see you all later. See you all later. Okay, enough. Enough. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeple Syrup Show. If you'd like to support us on all of our projects, please check out our Patreon page. We can be found at www.patreon.com backslash Meeple Syrup. Until next time, make some great games.